This is the Star Wars Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars Ahsoka Part 3, Time to Fly. Isn't this just another attempt to gain New Republic resources to aid in what has ultimately been your personal quest to find Ezra Bridger? Ezra vanished while fighting Thrawn. And that you conveniently use a threat of Thrawn's return to acquire those resources that could be put to a more practical purpose, helping the people of our fledgling Republic. Were you ever in the war, Senator? No. Just sat back and waited to see who came out on top? Welcome back, fellow Rebels. This is the Star Wars podcast on TV Podcast Industries. That intro included timpani drums, of course. Uh, But we are here talking about Star Wars Ahsoka Part 3. Time to fly. How did you not notice the timpani drums after, uh, what's it, 65 episodes of The Bad Batch and Ahsoka? (laughs) No, I did, but I just... First time you've mentioned it. Yeah, it's the first time I mentioned it. (laughs) There's always a first time for everything. but. Speaking of first, I am your first and only host, uh, John. <laughs> I'm your second and additional host, Derek. And rounding out the trio, come on, there is both light, dark and the grey. I will let our fellow rebels decide who is what in this triumphancy. But uh, <laughs> yes, I am Chris. Why did you point to yourself, Chris, when you said grey? Because I am very... uh, I have a lot of grey hair in my beard at the moment. Parented is uh, putting more than a few grey whiskers on it. And I'm going... I think it's more silver fox Mm -hmm. than silver purgle. I think you're going Uh, full (laughs) Balin skull, actually. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's light, dark and orange. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, the yeah. light at the moment that's on you is making you look quite orange. <laughs> that That's just, I've been tangoed for any of our UK <laughs> listeners. Do you remember that? You've been tangoed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough uh-huh. about tangos yeah. and timpani drums and, of course... Visual jokes for an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, for an audio <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, yes, we're here to talk about part three of Dave Filoni's Ahsoka. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome back, Chris, we should say. That we've is gone true. quite That's a long true. time yes. without having Chris on the podcast. Well, I think because we had such a big, you know, a little bit of a chat before, I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. So welcome back, Chris. Uh, I'm sure all the fellow Rebels are looking forward to hearing your dulcet tones once mm-hmm. again uh, yes. on the podcast. Um, I will bring chopper level opinions into this you may not understand them but you get the general gist of what i'm saying excellent i am chopper yes and of course that's how you sing as well it's like yes. chopper yeah. um Who which means you're my favorite droids there oh. you go. Oh, i have to bring in chopper on this And now I'll bring in Chopper on this. That was just Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Indistinguishable. Filoni, hire me as your your second in command. The understudy for Dave Filoni's uh, Chopper. (laughs) Yes, Um, exactly. But anyway, welcome back, Chris. You weren't here with with us for the first two episodes. So what did you think overall so far of of Ahsoka? So unsurprisingly, I'm loving it. Um, There are parts where I kind of uh, would wish to know where we're going in terms of the greater scheme, because I'm one of those fans who have read the 
the books to Heir to the Empire and Thrawn's OG bits in the books. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that I've read and I'm like, okay, so how are you getting to some of those places when I know there's a potential film called Heir to the Empire coming? Mm. So that's Uh, where I am like, oh, well, we did talk about it last week, Chris. The subtitle for this series is actually Heir to the Empire. So oh. who who is the heir to the Empire um, will possibly be discovered during this season of Ahsoka. They are taking inspiration from those books. But as you say, those books are non-canonical anymore. But there is yes. a new Thrawn trilogy uh, written by uh, Timothy Zahn. So the character came back and we've seen a lot of them in Rebels, of course, uh, yes. and, which I know you haven't had the chance to watch much of. I haven't watched much of. Mm. I During my uh, second covid or it was still not covid but uh-huh. it was covid uh i managed to devour a fair amount of rebels excellent, excellent. and then i did the the unthinkable i watched a number of key episodes uh-huh. <laughs> because a number of publications went really want to know what's happening with this okay watch this episode of rebels this one, uh-huh. this one this one this one this one this one this one and this one so i got a lot of the gist excellent. of yeah. what, what's happening um the filler I missed. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, um, I think we're going to on the pathway to Peridia, actually, Chris. Mm. Yes, we are. We or are, will we? <laughs> or will we? Or at least that's what they told us in the last episode. Exactly. So we, so we yes. do know the path. We do know the path. And hopefully they're going to find Thrawn and maybe even Ezra Bridger on the other end of that. Yes. Yeah. Although, what was the... I don't know whether this is a deep fake rumor that um, is going around or or whatever, but mm. there there is a theory out there that Maroc could be Ezra Bridger. Mm-hmm. But that makes absolutely so. I don't buy that one. And no, I don't. Very quickly don't is because then how the hell did he get back and Thrawn's still stuck on the other side of the galaxy? Do you know, I, I read that theory and see, we're going to get into spoilers for this particular episode. So just to make sure everybody's watched episode yes. three, uh, because yes. one of the things in this episode is we have the Purgle actually in the episode here, yes, which do. are the creatures that transported um, both Ezra Bridger and Thrawn to the other side of the galaxy. Originally, exactly. So we see them over the, over the top of this planet. Maroc's there. Well, did he get brought back by the Purgles when they were on their trip back? Like, you know, there is a reason that he could have come back. I just don't believe they would have um, turned him to the dark side. No, but I also kind of quite like that twist as well. I I mean, really, I hope not Uh to some extent, but also I wouldn't be displeased if, you know, separated from Kanan, Mm -hmm. from all his friends... Because, you know, he was willing to trust um, Darth Maul in in Rebels. But possibly Thrawn with his manipulation. I mean, who knows? So the whole point is that there is all this stuff that has gone on. Yeah. um, And we just don't know how Ezra Bridger has uh, evolved in that sense. Absolutely. So Uh, there is one piece I'll throw in, which is... One that I've heard, I don't believe, but there's definitely pre- credence for it, which is Sam Witwer, mm-hmm. who voiced Darth Maul in Rebels and Clone Wars, mm-hmm. who was the face actor and the the, 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 the actual actor who, voiceover artist, who played Starkiller, yeah. Vader's apprentice in the Force Unleashed games. That's right. He's in the credits for the first episodes. Yes, he is. Okay. So... But there's no Starkiller. There's no Maul. Mm-hmm. There's been no other kind of 
voice that we can't attribute. Yep, that's true. For a, a a little ditty of Morak. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they'll put in Vader's um, Star Killer as one, Vader's apprentice mm-hmm. in this, but they could put him in as another yep. kind of absolutely uh, son and daughter of the the kind of force. And Morak's voice is quite distorted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, that'd be nice, though. That'd be yeah. a good yeah. little touch. I think, I think he says a line in this episode. Uh, so He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Left. Right. <laughs> but it's quite <laughs> Very much Bane yeah. and kind of Dark Knight-esque Christian yeah. Bale. <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting speculation. I suppose that's that's one of the mysteries of the show, isn't it? And and I know everybody's done that. Um, that look at the credits is always a good way to tell it. It's also a possibility that that's the credits for the season and we will see a bigger appearance of Sam Whitworth as yeah. one of those characters in the future. You know, Darth Maul is still out there or was yeah. was still out there at some point anyway. So we could see uh, Darth Maul in a flashback voiced yeah. by Sam Whitworth again. Yeah, maybe. Excellent. Well, look, let us start <laughs> to wind up for our spoiler-filled discussion. But before we do, uh, it's just a reminder, fellow Rebels, if you're joining us for the first time, you can pop on over to our website mm-hmm. at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe on any Jedi or Sith podcast player of your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have our feedback section and we love to hear from our fellow rebels on all your thoughts, theories, comments, observations on each and every episode of uh, Ahsoka. You can head on over to our Facebook group where we have spoiler posts at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries, or you can send your emails into us at feedback at TV podcast industries.com. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that we are carrying out our Ahsoka Cantina quiz uh, for this <laughs> for this season. Uh, we have already given out the first two questions, and we will have the third question later on in this episode. All you need to do is uh, email us at the end of the season with the answer to all eight questions, and you could be in with a chance to get your hands on some Star Wars Ahsoka goodies. Uh, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. If you miss any of the questions during the season, you can always go to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Go to pub quizzes up on the top bar and uh, all the questions will be listed in there as soon as I get the opportunity to upload them. Excellent I have stuff. one question though. Are <laughs> droids allowed in the cantina? Of course, of they, course are. they are. In our, in our cantina, everybody's allowed. Because yes. otherwise we wouldn't have Hu Yang or Chopper. Like, what a terrible cantina it would be. It certainly would. But let us now get mm-hmm. into our spoiler-filled discussion of part three, Time to Fly. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, the executive producers for this series are, of course, Dave Filoni and John Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, Colin Wilson, and Carrie Beck. Episode three, once again, written by Dave Filoni. I think he has the writing credit on every episode of this season. And the director for this episode is Steph Green, who directed episode two. Very good. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Star Wars Ahsoka episode three, Time to Fly? Sure. While travelling to the Denab system, Sabine Wren restarts her training under Ahsoka and Hoyang's guidance as she struggles with her inability to use the Force. Meanwhile, Hera Syndulla meets with Momothra, the Chancellor of the New Republic, and a group of influential senators in order to gain permission to send Republic forces to Cetos, located in the Deneb system. Despite Mon Mothma's support, the senators refuse to believe that Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger are alive, and deny Hera's request. Having been informed of this by Syndulla, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hoyang 
discover the Eye of Sion, but are intercepted by a squadron of fighters led by Shin Haiti and Maroc, as Morgan Elspeth uses the lasers on the Eye of Sion to fire on them. The group escapes by flying through a pod of giant spacefaring creatures known as Pergil, and land on the surface of Cetos. They take refuge in the forest, as Huyang gives his full analysis on the Eye of Sion, which he classifies as a hyper-jump gate. However, Shin Haiti is aware that they are hiding somewhere in the forest. As a result, her master, Balan Skull, dispatches his forces to hunt them down. Wipe them out, all of them, well, I think is what he's uh, looking to do. Yes. Yeah. But an interesting expression on old Balan Skull there at the end. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether it was uncertainty or mm-hmm. something etched across his face. And just because, you know, he he kind of was quite honest with uh, Morgan Elspeth about killing uh, Ahsoka yeah. uh, or hunting her and stopping her because, well, she is a Jedi after all. And mm-hmm. he is a mercenary and he is from the Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I kind of like this element to Balan's skull, to be honest, yeah. uh, because it, it kind of makes him a, a little bit, you know, twisty-turny in that mm. sense. Yeah. Um, He's not potentially. Sick, technically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in th- in this case, it's it's like he's been asked to hunt a very rare creature. Um, yeah, exactly. A, a Jedi. There's no other member of the Jedi Order that he's aware of that that's out there really. Um, at the moment, remember, it's just pretty much Luke and Leia, right? Yeah. Um, they Grogu. haven't set up a new order or anything like that. So, uh, ex- sorry, Chris, you're absolutely right. Grogu is is out there at the moment, but uh, nobody revealed as the new no. Jedi Order at this stage. There's no- nothing new set up, so not many people will be aware of their existence or uh, how few there are. So, uh, Balin coming across a Jedi and then being asked to slaughter her effectively um seems to be carrying on from last episode so yeah good good call john yeah one thing i'll quickly just note before we get in because i don't know where i can fully insert it right now and it's more a comment we when we've been watching our seasons of bad batch kind of talking about them one of the bits we've always discussed is some of the 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 interesting bits of seeing of that when the, the 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 galactic empire was actually Coming up, like the empire was becoming the empire. Mm-hmm. The credits, the the single credit came in. This is I'm finding yeah. interesting, uh, and I've seen it in some of the Mandalorian bits, but also more this with just the shipyard uh, where we had all the, the spies, yeah. the spies, the turncoats, because they were all ex yeah. empire people. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, seeing senators getting called out, um, but we'll talk it more. But it's just such an interesting time and space to be in and like Absolutely. you said like no one's really sure about where to talk about like where all the other jedi are for me the fun part is this is the birth of potentially the first order and things like yeah. that it's just a time space that we don't see much of exactly. haven't seen much of before yeah yeah and i think as we described in episodes one and two it's almost like a reverse andor in a sense it's yes. kind of, you know and it, in that sense it's really interesting having that you know uh, the troubles of the new republic, but yes, we'll get into that. I think we should kick off with our saber points uh, for this episode. We have saber point one. 
Hera and the New Republic. Yeah, it fits in exactly here, Chris and John. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly why everybody better. should read the notes beforehand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Our discussion really starts off with uh, with Harrison Dula here. Uh, we talked last week about the fact that she has uh, got a very high position in the New Republic. She is a general. She is well respected uh, within the group. But here. Um, we kind of see the trouble that she's going through, you know, the past as a leader of the rebels, having her own ship with the ghost and, and with Phantom. Um, she effectively rallied troops around her to go on whatever mission she wanted to. And that kind of was her role within the rebels. She was much more of a leader of the group. Here she has to go to this effectively new Republic committee and ask them for their blessing to go on a mission or ask them for their support to send in more troops uh, to go along with them. And we see that political side of this yep. new this new republic i was going to call them the new empire there but this new republic is similar to the the faults that we've seen in the past in in shows like in andor you know um they're making similar mistakes once we're once they're getting and creating this new republic they're all senators trying to please their people and they don't want to get back into a new war so even though they have a decorated general telling them there's something bad going on here. Absolutely. They're five strepsils general. The five strepsils <laughs> general, yes. Um, uh, even though they have her telling them that they need to watch out for this, they're not willing to go along with her and effectively undercut her argument. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I thought this was really good. I love really Genevieve O'Reilly again, even though she was in hologram form mm-hmm. as well, because as Mom Mothma, I just loved how just the expression of her eyes, like you can see she's weighing up the politics of it. And mm-hmm. and that is the point here. It's that, you know, it's the, it's the Navy or the army butting up against the politics of this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love how it's kind of made it all a bit murky because at the end of the day, the Senator Zayono who questions Hera's approach, mm-hmm. it could be a perfectly sane thing. As far as they're concerned, he's gone. It could be a false hope, you know, rather than a new Absolutely. hope. And, but it could also be that he's implicit within this sort of rumor mill and, you know, the, the, the new empire. Mm-hmm. And you get that from, at least for me, from Mothma kind of just, you could see the contemplation in her eyes and thinking at the, the thought that she's doing and also from Hera's uh, quote that we had at the start of the podcast, you know, did you fight in the war or just sit it out to see who wins? Mm-hmm. In a sense, an opportunist. And is he being opportunistic with this notion of a larger plot that involves uh, a Grand Admiral Thrawn? And Absolutely. this is kind of a part of that defense, mm. you know, infiltrate the politics as much as build a whole new fleet or whatever they're doing. So I just really thought this was a great little scene that just echoes, as we say, what we've seen in the Bad Batch, but also almost like a reverse and or mm. in a sense. Yep. And what we saw in the fall in the prequels as well. Yeah. Yes. Because we've seen politics be used before. And that's kind of for me was the when we saw in the previous episode the shipyard being essentially a hundred near a fair amount of it because I think she said a lot of people were taken into custody. I think mm-hmm. that she that she said a number, but a majority we'll call yeah. a majority of the shipyard. Well, certainly the entire control room all yes, said exactly. for the empire, pretty so, much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were all um, killed really, apart from the their manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, that's like there's. We now know that a large 
proportion of Empire staff were swore an allegiance, uh, an oath to to the New Republic, mm-hmm. and that's just words, as Hera says. Well, yeah. Um, so for me, I it's the most interesting, and I think they're planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. What will come from that, and what will germinate out, be it in this series or in future series of the films, that's what I'm really interested to see because, yeah, I've talked about it in our discussion on Bad Batch. If you really want to know more, go back Bad Batch uh-huh. all episodes now on where you get fine TV podcast <laughs> industry podcasts. Absolutely, and on and on this very Star Wars podcast feed. Yes, on this feed exactly. Um, but mm-hmm. really, for me, it's seeing the the. The parts you don't get to see in a, a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour film. They, this, exactly. like, they would have cut yeah. this, really, because mm-hmm. it's just a bit of intrigue. You're like, oh, is he working for them? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. ooh, ooh. Well, that's um, it. Like, like it's, it, it would have been end up cutting for For here now, I'm like salivating on the idea of, oh, there's more. Now there's politicians and not just shipyards. And, oh, is he working to bring Thon back? Is, yeah. is it like, is it the First Order? Or is it actually a proto-First Order because the First Order is a different thing in the future and that comes out of whatever Thrawn does uh, and it comes on the back of. So it's just for me a lot of... It raises a lot of questions, but not what I've talked about with other shows before where it's it's too many questions. It's not giving me the answer. (laughs) This is just... It's just giving me that taste. It's what Filoni does very well. Yeah. Well, I was kind of... uh, Other than Mon Mothma, it was like eeny meeny miny mo okay you know which of these senators is the imperial loyalist you know <laughs> okay okay this little piggy went to market this little piggy went yeah home. exactly but actually it makes the scene you kind of just i was really analyzing it because you know ultimately senator ziono was kind of the one put on that plinth really yes. and possibly the obvious target but then you just kind of like going, you just never know. So I like it just makes you kind of look at these scenes really intensely. Uh, so I really it, like yeah. that. Because it is very quick to say, maybe this is just a ruse of you to get the resources that you want to find your friend Bridger, you know? And it's yeah. like, do you know what Hera did for you before the war as a leader of the rebels? Do you know what? If she wants to commandeer a few a few ships to go and find Ezra Bridger, um, I think absolutely she has the right to ask for that after everything that she did. And if she has a mission and a possibility of finding Thrawn, hey, how about you you actually support her, you know? Yeah, but Um, weirdly, what did we watch? We watched Oppenheimer about someone who helped uh, the US win the war and then effectively try to destroy his career. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like really in that kind of... It's in that vein. That kind of vein. Now, in fairness, I will just caveat all of this on episode three of Star Wars Ahsoka that I don't expect this to be on the level of Oppenheimer. No, it's not. That's not what I'm suggesting. Or on the level of Andor, even. I think the show is going to likely touch on these subjects uh, throughout the show. I don't think we're going to get that dark dark show from from Andor uh, that we got in Star Wars. But it is a really good scene. I think it's very good to show what Hera's really like as a general here as well. Because um, in the last episode, she was a supporting character, someone that if you didn't know, know who she was, she knew she, you knew she was connected with other people. But her having having a scene here about what she needs and and her position and the powerful position that she is in, I suppose, yeah. uh, I think was important for it as well. Quick call out because I don't know if you did it in the last episodes because um I did the sacrilege thing and hasn't haven't listened to her own podcast. <laughs> um, Chris, with all that extra time that you have, I know, not listen yeah. to the podcasts. <laughs> uh, Mary Elizabeth Winsett. 
just fantastic. Actually embodying the role more than I thought she would because I was like, she is a well-known actress. She, she, she yeah. is like uh, on her own right. I know so Rosario Dawson is as well. I, uh-huh. I, I get that. But I was just like, when it, the cast announcement happened, I was like, I can't see it. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the makeup and I was like, okay, I can see it. But yeah. now can she, and I'm like, yeah, no, she got, she has that stern mother kind of like yeah, general yeah. she has that and she it, she has that tone perfectly down yes, she does. especially like you kind of started to see in some of the later episodes of rebels yeah. of, of of what Hera became and just yeah just that kind of yeah fantastic she's really good and married she, to obi-wan kenobi himself Hugh mcgregor so uh so she does yeah. have that star wars connection in Absolutely, her own universe at yeah. home and you mentioned chris with a great lead on to the other point of this um mother Hera. we yes. we get to see uh jason sandula for the first time uh in live action yeah fantastic we only saw him for about five seconds at the end of rebels just- <laughs> uh, because of the time jump um but jason uh, jason sandula is a very um important character in the universe i think yeah I think so too. I mean, I actually don't know an awful lot because my only introduction to Jason is through Rebels. That episode of Rebels. Yeah, it is literally the only time he's appeared on screen. But the reason yeah. why he's important is is a bit of Star Wars lore here. Go on. Jason Solo was the son of Han and Leia in Heir to the Empire. Um, yes. A Force-sensitive child who who has a very important role yes. to play. So and the fact that we have Jason Sandula, the son of Hera Sandula, yeah. and Kanan Jarrus, yes. who was a Jedi, um, the fact that we have him here on screen uh, at the start of the Heir to the Empire um, storyline means maybe Jason is a very important character to watch. And very highly Force-sensitive yeah. as well. They've shadowed it as well, because yeah. he's, I want to be a Jedi, because now she is too. Yes, anti-Sabine. Yeah. Did yeah. anybody else complete his line for him? Because I yeah. did, where he said, I want to be a Jedi, and I immediately went like, like his before father me. before <laughs> yeah. him. Exactly. Yeah. Immediately did uh, did my, my own Darth Vader with like my father before me. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, um, yeah. And it was great that he was being uh, probably the worst babysitter, which was Chopper. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> telling, him, telling him all sorts of stuff. Um, I do have to say, I'm glad Chopper was in this episode again. Only for Definitely seconds. for me. Need more chopper, of course, of course. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah we have to have it. But I, I did like the fact that uh, he's already gotten the rumors of Sabine Wren going back to Jedi training. Like that happened one <laughs> yeah. day ago, and, and Jason's already hearing it from Chopper. Chopper's like spilling all the tea when he gets home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be brilliant. No, it was great having uh, this, this little moment with, with Jason and, and having Chopper there. So, yeah, mm. it was really good. Um, but I think we can move on to our Sabre point number two. Yes, it is the training of anti-Sabine. <laughs> oh, some other classic callbacks here. It, it is, it is. It's funny, actually. The training scenes in the Star Wars universe it's kind of a love hate relationship for me because mm. it feels so like school. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I want to just stop. Just be like, do, do the shorthand proficiency where it's like, can't do it. You know, 
few episodes later, they're masters. And it's kind of like... So you're basically like, do or do not, do not try. There is no try. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, I'm going completely against Yoda's <laughs> philosophy. But it's. I, I just mean... I, I just kind of... It's, it's literally his philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. No, but I mean, I'd want them to do not and... Do at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, exactly. Just be good. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, I, I actually really enjoyed this one. I just thought mm. it was because Sabine doesn't have that sensitivity for the force, mm-hmm. at least not for now. No apparent kind of sensitivity to yeah. it. I, I um, think you know, following on from the put down from Huang last episode, where you know, out of the thousands and thousands of Jedi's over the last twenty five thousand years that I've trained, you're right at the bottom <laughs> rung there. <laughs> you're right at the lowest. I love when uh, when Ahsoka hears that she's kind of going, "You didn't tell her that, did you?" <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Really, really. And I, I kind of, I thought it was just good because I like the fact that you have. What Huyang says in the last episode, kind of leaking out and infusing mm. into this, and Ahsoka going, "You didn't tell her that, did yeah. you?" But also, I think it's the it's the fact that she's Mandalorian, and so a lot of her weapon skills are actually really proficient, and mm-hmm. you, you know, you get this kind of you almost get this kind of sort of tension with Sabine because um, she's handy with her weapon. But as Ahsoka says, we you need to train your mind because mm-hmm. your proficiency with weapons, grappling hooks, you know, even swords and, and lightsabers uh, won't prepare you for the enemy that we're going to face. You Absolutely. need to have the the Jedi mind mm-hmm. uh, and that training in the mind. I think she says, you know, talent is a factor, but training. Uh, and focus are essential. Exactly. Um, you know, so I, I really kind of like that, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. And and for me, again, I'm absolutely loving Natasha Lee Bordizo mm-hmm. uh, as Sabine Wren. I think she yeah. really... She works so well, doesn't she? Yeah, she, she works so yeah. well. Like you were saying with um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, it's, it just feels like really, really good casting. So, I just like her intonation... You know, th- th- there was some of the, just some of the look she gives mm-hmm. and so on. It, it's really good. Even the fact that she is, you know, gets frustrated with Ahsoka, that just feels so Sabine Wren. Yeah. So I'm absolutely loving this portrayal from her. Definitely. For me, uh, I, I understand what you mean about just get good. You almost want that 1980s montage. <laughs> montage. Yeah, exactly. Can I have a montage? Yeah. Uh, and just Which was that, literally you, what was in well, Empire Strikes Back when yeah. Luke Skywalker got, got I know, yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you kind of like, you got, for me, I enjoyed this because this reminded me, it's very much, and it's actually more Favreau than Filoni does this. I got the feeling of like a Kiwasawa kind of Japanese mm-hmm. Ronin samurai training, yeah. bringing I'm, his own little one up. Like That's what I felt. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. the music that is used to yes. underscore the fight it's between brilliant. Ahsoka or the, the training scene between Ahsoka and Sabine is just gorgeous, yeah. absolutely beautiful. brings you brings you back to such such great Japanese um, uh, martial arts movies. Absolutely, and even the look of the area in the ship mm-hmm. just looks yes. like that dojo with the center circle, then that lifts out to become the table. So cool! Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so for me, like that's where I felt like they he. But again, that's the the interesting. This is Favreau influencing Filoni, 
and Filoni influencing Favreau in other ways, and kind yeah. of obviously he took for Mandalorian, she took Ahsoka for Mandalorian Absolutely. in that episode. So interesting to see some of that coming over. Mm-hmm. Um, I the only bit I was like, come on, where was the cup scene, the mug? She's focusing on the mug, uh-huh. and they were focus, 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 focus. And then, like, we obviously, she gets called away. Yeah. We'll discuss that part in a second. But the call, and they lingered yeah. on the mug. It's like Inception. Yeah. And it was just <laughs> like, because yeah, I was gig. expecting it uh-huh. to shift a second or, ex- like, because what I thought was going to happen was it was just delayed and it was going to explode <laughs> or fly off. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so her force works on delay. It kind of like, yeah. she's got to, like, move it up a bit. But again, they didn't even do that. Eek! Or like it's an inch, kind yeah. of a centimeter, kind of movement. Exactly. So, do you know? Do you know? I love this description here in the show. You know that they've talked about this right back from Star Wars: A New Hope. The idea that the Force it penetrates us, it binds us, it's it's in everything in the galaxy. And oh, we've met our Jedi that are really powerful. This is the chosen one. This is the one that can manipulate the Force better than anybody else in the, in, in the entire galaxy. And now we have Sabine, who effectively Ahsoka's just saying to her. Everything has force in it, but I can't use it. No, everything has force inside of it, but I can't use it. I have no way to manipulate it. Look, just focus. You'll get you'll get the hang of it. It won't be amazing, but you you have the force because everything has the force in it. Well, that's it. It's, it. Do you think they'll make her a, like a legendary lightsaber duelist because her Mandalorian skills with weapons and mm. stuff? Because we saw in Jedi Survivor, Calcasus did the gun and saber combo. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they might like do it that where she is like she's able to pick up and she's doing both dual sabers and then 100%. kind of yeah. Bo-Katana yeah. I hope so. That's just on her. Yeah. She's a weapon. She is yeah. a weapon. Her force, eh, she can she can move the ball an inch. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's about like the best she can do. She's not gonna bring a, a star destroyer down with her bare hands. Exactly. Yeah. But we'll, I, we'll leave I, that to Ahsoka. Because yeah. <laughs> Ahsoka exactly. can definitely do that. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure it's in books and comics, but mm. the thing I I love about this as well is just the fact that, you know, Ahsoka says herself i'm not a jedi you know i'm i can use the force i have been trained but she never sort of passed the exam ultimately that Mm -hmm. yoda was going to set her and and well yeah because he accused her of murder no i know but i know exactly but i well i was trying to keep it a bit lighter yeah um, (laughs) but i also like you know where soka's I don't need Sabine to be a Jedi. I need her to be herself exactly. in the same way as Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But it's even then with Ahsoka herself when Huyang points out that she is from a long line of unorthodox Jedi. And mm-hmm. I like this unorthodoxy within well, the yeah. show around Ahsoka, Sabine, but also with, with Balin Skull as well. Yeah. You know, having the orange lightsaber, being a mercenary, mm-hmm. not being light or dark in a sense, a bit like Ahsoka to some extent. Yeah. She's not a mercenary, but she's she is against the dark side, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But she's no Jedi either. Exactly. She, and I, I love this. Um, it really complicates that Jedi-Sith law, which is still fantastic, yeah. but it can add so much uh, and i i just think that's really really good absolutely and that and that's you know the interesting things about ahsoka as the character you know she she was a war trained jedi and trained by a master who was never eventually turned into a master and eventually himself 
became Darth Vader. So, um, so she has a very unorthodox um, path to yeah. her power. But I do think, exactly as you say, Chris, I do think the path for Sabine here is this will become another weapon in her arsenal. And that's what uh, Ahsoka's trying to give her. She's trying to push her on this path of yeah. these are great tools to use, even if you're not the greatest Jedi in the in the entire galaxy. There's things I can teach you about to, that will help you um, yeah. manage yourself. You know, there's that great moment in the fight where um, Sabine lunges out and uh, Ahsoka's response is, Yes, by using anger, it will gather power together, but it will make you unstable. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think, she, yeah, she says anger and frustration are quick to give power, but mm. they also unbalance you. That's it. That's very close. Yeah. I was very close. You were, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you were very close. Um, <laughs> one la- just one last thing from, from my side anyway as well with Hu Yang. Uh, his quote from... <laughs> for me um was after that first training which i kind of like the whole sticks with the light that he could then analyze afterwards okay. where, cool. did, where did you cut you didn't <laughs> <hit> the green <laughs> yeah and then he goes not bad not good enough to get by barely yeah. just yeah. the that final bit of a put down uh, i just thought i do like who yang i as i says in the the first two episodes i would love to see who Yang and Chopper as the new C-3PO and R2-D2. Without a doubt. It'd be really good. They are, ter- <laughs> like, it's not... David Tennant using a full David Tennant, just sassy English-Scottish man, just go yeah. for it. Like, mm-hmm. just, yeah, it, it's... Be posh and put look down on everyone, even people who made you, or could cut you up. Just look down <laughs> on them. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Strip uh, up her lip and uh, uh, looking down your nose, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and as we mentioned last week, it is really cool. They brought it back from the Clone Wars animated series. But the one thing I found out this week, because everybody's doing their analysis, the one thing I found out this week that really made me laugh is this character, Hu Yang, is actually considered a professor droid. So it's Professor Hu Yang played by Doctor Who, <laughs> which I think is fantastic. That is quite cool. So could we even, if if anyone is good at art in our fellow rebels, please just quick harangue in a tweed jacket with just the leather patches on the elbows, pure <laughs> Oxford like professor kind of with the, the three piece button as well and like just going whole hog, maybe in a rowing boat at the same time. <laughs> now if just, Matt Smith was voicing him, I, I'd go Shoot. with that as well. Okay. That would be that would be perfect. Maybe maybe he gets his voice box replaced uh, at the end of this season. <laughs> maybe and Matt Smith takes over. Could do. <laughs> Michael Sheen. <laughs> hey, we've just finished covering Good Omens with, uh, yeah. with, with Michael Sheen and uh, and David Tennant in it. Uh, Michael Sheen and him could definitely replace each other. They're both as good as each other. Definitely. <laughs> uh, shall we move on to our saber point number three? Absolutely. Please. So, the reason I said please... This is the one I'm dying to ask more questions about. And I'm yeah. hoping you can explain to me what a certain sky creature lore is. Because I was like, hmm, kind of think I understand this. But okay. I'm going to ask more questions. So, Jonders, take it away. Yes, it is the dogfight in the Denab system. And, of course, as Chris is referring to, the Purgle. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, the space creatures. So they, as as Derek's already mentioned, so they are able to travel travel through hyperspace. Yes. Uh, their tentacles will start to glow, and they are the creatures that effectively wrapped around Grand Admiral Thrawn's Star Destroyer mm-hmm. at the end of Rebels and took him and Ezra Bridger to, I guess, uh, on the pathway to Peridia. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm guessing. Anyway, yeah. and so they are able to, they, they kind of migrate. So they're almost like space whales, I guess. Uh, but the reason why they they became important and maybe why Ezra Bridger was protected from that journey and subsequently Grand Admiral Thrawn is that um, they, Ezra, I can't remember what episode it was, but effectively connected with them. Yeah. Um, so it it is like that whale thing really they were being shot at uh and they were trying to get into gases in a big pit but there was a big mining operation it was one of those episodes where but he kind of helped save them and stop them being fired on but in that moment uh connected with one of the the purgle and just through eye contact and so on and so i think you know there's that that they are like whales or dolphin, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. I guess, but it's it's one of the cool things, I suppose, that you got from Rebels. We we mentioned before that it has more of a spiritual yeah. underside to it than a lot of Star Wars does. But if you think about it from video games, Chris, it's definitely a good reference for you, uh, and particularly with Star Wars video games. You know, they you can max out a certain ability within yeah. uh, within particular heroes, and in Star Wars. Ezra's maxed out ability, the thing he's most good at, on top of everything that he's learned as a as a, a budding Jedi, his maxed out ability is ability to connect with creatures, yeah. connect with the force that's inside of other creatures. We saw it that's multiple times. Sort of talent, really. Yeah. And but, one but, that but it all probably... built up all the way through until he eventually connected with the Purple. Yeah. This was kind of the end game, connecting with these amazing creatures that can travel th- through galaxies like the and and it, mm. it's almost it's probably as well the force adds on to that yeah. as well okay. yeah. so you it, i mean but it's even with the loath cats and the loath wolves and mm. um, yes. those creatures because the loath wolves as well were um force sensitive creatures yeah uh, they're, but they're also the black and white one that we saw in the first yeah uh, in the actual mural exactly yeah. yes and okay. also then with the owl there was this owl and because he pulls back, I can't remember the the name of it, but the, it's kind of this dark space where he was able to pull Ahsoka back from Darth Vader. So, oh, the space between worlds. Yes, yes that's exactly it. it. Was space between worlds, mm-hmm. and so you know he has this real innate ability, mm-hmm. uh, as Derek says. So yeah, it's yes. that, and so it's that's why these creatures flying through the clouds above CETOS are so important. And so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Hey, that's, and, that's cool. And, of course, Dave Filoni is drip-feeding some of this stuff for people that haven't seen uh, Rebels before. But I, I do wonder, given that this was Ezra's biggest power as a Jedi, it has to have a, a place to play here in in the show, right? Absolutely. If we're, if we're not going to see Ezra, maybe his Grand Admiral Thrawn using his powers. Yeah. Um, and there was a line from Morgan Elspeth last episode where she was saying that Thrawn is calling out through time and space. Ezra yeah. is known to be able to move through time and space with the space between worlds and move move across galaxies with the Purgle. So potentially Thrawn's 
amplifying his message to his yeah. uh, to his troops using yeah. Ezra. And the, something like that, yeah, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. And the other side of it as well is I just call them space whales, but they actually have like octopus legs. So they, they could be like space squid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I just all I have in my head is the Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh-huh. yeah. where yeah. it got turned into a whale flying through the air. And I was just like, oh, that's <laughs> his ancestor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go. it's interesting as well for this point, I have a question mm-hmm. which was why were those fighters why did they have literally the worst lasers possible? <laughs> The the six fighters that attacked yeah. Ahsoka's ship. <laughs> I mean, I know she's got deflector shields and so on, but it was like literally stormtrooper level shooting. It yeah, was exactly. like, look was, over there, pew pew. It wasn't even that. They the actually that they actually hit the ship multiple mm. times and around the engine, and yet nothing seemed to happen. It was more Elspeth's um, cannons that that caused the damage, yeah. and I was like. And even the sound of it, it sounded like these were kind of the cheap star fighters. Oh, they, they are. are. Yeah, yeah. You know? Remember, but, they've yeah. just had a battle that took out the entire empire. So these are these are literally the cheapest, crappest <laughs> stuff that's just... available, maybe built by uh, the single sole surviving uh, stormtroopers. Um, so they've probably uh, fitted the um, the firing mechanisms on the wrong way around and stuff. So. Yeah, like I, I, I felt really sorry for Shin Haiti being strapped into one of those, uh-huh. which basically had no protection of its own, and its like lasers were. Just seemed pretty weak, but yes. maybe that was the with the Crimson Dawn, like the, these kind of henchmen. They look like kind of not even bounty hunters, but just mm. kind of like kind of run of the mill henchmen. And I was just like, yeah. okay, well maybe it's Crimson Dawn uh, down on their luck. Sorry for those who don't know, Crimson Dawn is the kind of criminal syndicate gang. We've seen them in Solo. We've mm-hmm. seen them in a lot of lore yeah. and previous kind of TV shows yeah. and stuff. Um, but I just thought, because they were, look, they looked, they looked down on their look kind of gang. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, yeah. maybe Crimson Sons kind of, now they, they've, the New Republic's taken them out. It's like kind of reminded me of the pirates from the latest Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, where they're just kind of like, you're not the greatest looking guys and you're mm-hmm. kind of patchwork slightly, but you'll do. Yeah, but very much so. I'd say um, that's kind of what Morgan Elspeth has surrounded herself with his mercenaries, right? Yeah. Um, potentially, Balin Skull brought them on board as extra, um, extra mercenaries. Uh, you know what I yeah. what I did find fun about it. Look again, this is Star Wars. This is based on a kids show. It's based on kids movies, really, with Star Wars themselves. But what I did love about it is our two major named characters fight in the battle, but they don't get touched with with uh, yeah. with Marok and and uh, and Shin neither of them get touched all four of the other unnamed characters that were that were wearing <laughs> yeah. masks and slightly looked like mercenaries all four of them destroyed yeah. uh, in this awesome dogfight I really really enjoyed this dogfight um, yeah, me too and especially another lesson being taught here um we have Ahsoka effectively trying to give the lesson of trust the force to Sabine while she's trying to make the shot on these oncoming uh, these oncoming uh, enemies and Sabine rightly is going, look, not time. I'm a good shooter. I, I'm able to take care of this. Let's not, let's get rid of the lesson right now. And Ahsoka is the one that learns her own lesson here. Trust in Sabine to do what she does well and takes instruction from Sabine on how to fly the ship 
to give her the best chance of taking out the enemies. And the minute she does it, two enemies gone, you know? Yeah, well, um, that's it. really like that there's that back and forth between the two that, that's been talked about in episode one. Ahsoka's ship is so cool with that, that kind of delta wing mm. able to swivel around the main point because that was it, you know, when she says, I'm going to split them, and she just moved the wings so that it kind of split them, confused them, mm-hmm. and Sabine could get the shot in. But even then, when Ahsoka goes out into space after they're kind of uh, they're dead in the water or mm-hmm. dead in space, I should say. Um, I love the fact that, you know, again, it's a, I guess, a teachable moment. She's saying, I'm doing this to distract them because yeah. we're yeah. dead in space. But then once Sabine has the ship up and running again, I loved how she tilts the, the Delta wing in order for Ahsoka to get back in. And Ahsoka says, you know, neat trick, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, so the ship is really cool. I love how they're using that in this dogfight as well. Um, it was really good. So done. Also, Very the cool. Jedi jumping. You, even Jedi jumping in space. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, just I, so love, cool. It's the coolest looking lightsaber ballet level stuff yeah mm-hmm. i Just, must say oh. i did laugh as well though with ahsoka floating there in space and she just like did you fix the ship yet <laughs> can you come like, get me can you exactly get me back inside please yeah it was really good yeah it was really good i, lo- I love the fight i love the battle outside as well i really enjoyed having ahsoka go up against other ships outside and doing the um doing the ray skywalker i guess we can call her now um doing her jump uh, to avoid the ship coming yeah. coming towards her. I thought that was really cool having this uh, in the show. Uh, definitely felt like Ahsoka from um, from the, the Clone Wars. Uh, Ahsoka's kind of battle style tends to be bouncing off objects around her, so it's not something we'd probably see live-action Rosario Dawson do, but having the explanation that she's yeah. outside in space makes yeah. a bit more sense of that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well, just to bring it back to the um, hyperspace ring, mm-hmm. um, with the scan that Huyang said, you know, he says um, the ring is of a stock can, you know, go astonishing distance and speed. But, mm-hmm. but the thing that kind of immediately came to my mind was, okay, it's got these massive hyperdrives that are much bigger than any other ship, yeah. which, you know, will that propel this hyperspace ring? Or the fact that the Purgle were there, mm. and I'm like going, is Elspeth going to utilize their hyperspace like ability? She's gonna net them exactly. And just get pulled along by like a sled. It's kind of exactly. It's something she's going to somehow utilize them, and that's why they're in the Deneb system over Cetos because you have Purgle oh, that. That migrate around here, mm. and it's it's something on those lines. And it was, you know, in terms of with the the Night Sisters mm. and why there's that temple there and so on, and the ability that from this point you can get along the pathway yeah. uh, to Peridia. Yeah, it, it's effectively. I know. I know. Huyang says when he's done the analysis that. Um, these rings are built so they can travel along the routes that the per- that the Purgle travel. They Purgle have got the ability to travel through galaxies and tra- yeah. travel massive amounts of distances, but they travel along specific routes. Yeah, um, and that's what this ring is is created to um, mirror. Almost, it's trying to do the same yeah. thing that Purgles do. But it's interesting, yeah. I they could wondered. they could be harnessing up the pergola. It's so yeah. big as a ring that they could just stick it around the pergola and it. latch themselves I mean, on. Yeah. He, and Hoyang does say, you know, 
potentially with the ability to jump between galaxies. So mm. it could just be off its own bat. But I just, because we were introduced to the mm. Purgle here, I just wondered whether there was something that was going to involve yeah. them. I, I took it that it was more because it was a Star Destroyer that he jumped through. She's building that to then, it kind of sits around the Star Destroyer and kind of pulls Maybe, the Star Destroyer yeah. back. But they're on that place because this is the migration path. It's a, yeah. It wasn't, yes, they had it as a straight line. It's not a straight line, but it's mm-hmm. the path out to. Um, I do look forward to see where this goes. Yeah. Are they going to go to the other side of the galaxy mm-hmm. or does it pull what's on the other side of the galaxy back? Mm-hmm. I would love to see them go to this fabled legendary Peridia because it's kind of like El Dorado yeah. remember like yeah. in El, like all of those things you're always like oh you're never going to get to mm-hmm. Atlantis you're never going to get to like El Dorado when they get there it's like ah oh, well I that was it that. that was it when Hiliang said the enemy vessel is still under construction you know so there's a bit of hope if we can destroy it I was like don't you dare yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we need this like, to no, jump there we, we yeah. need to, I want unless they they do kind of like what was it Jonah and the whale where they're going to get eaten by a burgle whale and then mm-hmm. the whale, it's like two years later Ah, we're here <laughs> outside. <laughs> they open up the whale's mouth. Um, it's a bit stinky in there, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it was cool. Yeah, absolutely, excellent stuff. I think that's it for our main saber points. Yeah, I think so. I think we can just expect to to see um, Balin's lackeys uh, hunting down uh, Sabine and Ahsoka and Huyang. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it sets up well for. Yeah, is this it's a six or an eight episode eight. arc? Eight episode arc. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. In my head, I had this as a six. I'm like, oh, this is already halfway point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like we have a long journey ahead of us. Um, eight. This is great. When I like next week, kind of gets us to the midway, and <laughs> we can yeah. kind of take it further. Yes, exactly. Good stuff. Any notes from anyone? Loads, because I forgot to put them in as we talked through the points that I specifically <laughs> made. So I would talk about the points. <laughs> the callbacks to New Hope uh, with the training of Sabine. Absolutely. We didn't even mention them. The training itself happens uh, while they're going through hyperspace, exactly as Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker's yeah. training happened. Uh, I love that. I love spending some time in hyperspace. They used it so often in the movies after the first Star Wars that they didn't spend time while they're doing the traveling. You know, it's still a journey. There's still time that, that they spend yeah. there. So I love that they use that time for training. But also when the blast helmet is put on top of uh, on top of Sabine, she says Luke Skywalker's exact line of, how can I train in this? I can't even see and laughs. So yeah. uh, exactly as, as uh, Luke Skywalker said in his first introduction to the Force. So love that. Uh, also uh, just Sabine in the tail gun as well. I think just, oh, yeah. you know, really reflective of uh, Luke in the Millennium Falcon's Absolutely. gun turret as well. Yep. Don't get cocky, kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they also got rid of her presets. Yes, they yes. did. Yeah, yes. there you go. Silly, silly people. Never get rid of the default template. Never do it. Not, <laughs> not the ones that the that your shooter on the ship has set to make yeah. sure that they that they're perfect for them. Um, two other quick things about the training that I really liked. Um, just to call out, Sabine says she's going to be fully dedicated to this training. Um, she says she's going to give it her all no matter what. So, uh. Just in case anybody thinks that she's complaining too much about the training and the, the forceful way Ahsoka's putting it putting it to her, she does underline, I'm here to train. Yeah. I will I will give my everything. Um 
and I want to just kind of push back a little bit on you, Chris, about the scene with the with the mug, um, because that was absolutely every single friend of mine and me back in the eighties after watching our first Star Wars movie trying to move cups with our mind. Uh, I think it was just a nod back to all of us after we saw our first uh, our first Star Wars movie. Uh, you know, going up to shopping centers with uh, with automatic doors, pretending that you had the force to open and close them. You know, <laughs> so, so I think it was just a nod back to all of us Star Wars fans. Sure. I'll push back on you. I did it myself last night. There you go. Chris. There you go. It's not just as a kid, you're like, I can do this, and I focus I hard enough. The force is in me. I am the force. Aneurysm. And then you've got bodies. But, <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, good stuff. Uh, the only other note I've got is I just like the kind of frisson of tension between Elspeth and Shin. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, like at the end of episode two, you, you have Shin asking the question to Balin, you know, what is in it for us? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's, you know, and the mercenary aspect here to Balin and Shin, it's like, how is this good for me? Yeah. And actually, you pay me. It doesn't mean I have to like you kind of thing yeah, around exactly. with Elspeth. I just kind of like that, yeah. that back and forth. Yeah. There's a, a really good bit of tension there. And I think part of it is, in the last episode, Elspeth was like, you send your apprentice off to this planet yeah. without any information at all she had to wait for uh, for Balin to explain it to her um and then in this episode here i love the uh, the put down of oh well done you almost got her yeah exactly <laughs> really really good uh, really good tension between the two of them so uh, looking forward to more of that good stuff then yeah good stuff uh, let us move on to our final thoughts chris uh, what did you think of ahsoka part 3 i really enjoyed it um it's a felony filler. Um, I used this outside before we recorded, and I, uh-huh. I don't mean it. it's not derogatory. It's we didn't move that forward in the actual storyline, but they filled it with enough that you're like, okay, I'm getting a tasters for what's potential. I'm getting some kind of it's like it's an amuse bouche between courses, yeah. Uh, if that makes sense, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it, it's just something that cleanse the palate yeah. but just also like with some nice lemony minty her kind of succulent herbs to kind of make you oh now it's, it's I'm, I'm fresh and oh that's a nice taste right there give getting me hungry one. now chris yeah, we exactly. have to start to stop recording just dinner. just before dinner <laughs> it's um, a bad idea but it, it for me it was that it was we we, we have the taster of sabine mm. In terms of where she's going, where she, her potential, the the purgles, and what that could mean about us going to the legendary city and planet, the the how they're going to get there, Ahsoka's training, and then just fun with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, as I said, it's it's a felony filler, but in the best sense, it's not a. It's just I'm happy where this episode leaves me. And again, I thought this was a six episodes, so I'm even happier now that I'm like, oh, we've got even more episodes to discuss this. So yes, loved it. Derek, what did you think of this episode of Ahsoka, episode three? Loved it, really enjoyed it. Lots of great fun moments in here with the training. I thought that was cool. The dogfight was awesome. Ahsoka fighting outside was was really cool. Um, but actually getting to see Hera with this 
very fledgling New Republic and having that moment where you realize the New Republic, same as the Old Republic, um, they may fall again pretty soon. We've kind of seen that happen. Um, but I, I kind of like those moments in there, seeing a bit more of her character. And hey, we got to see her son, Jason, and Chopper once again. It's always a, a good addition to the show. So some other characters to follow for the rest of the season. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's I think it's really cool. Um, I think Ahsoka herself as a character is such a strong central yes. presence to the show, even though it is this big cast that's that's surrounding her. She does feel still very central in the show in this third episode too. So as that kind of stoic warrior with something to to pass on to the next generation. So I really like that. Overall, yep, yeah, enjoy enjoyed the episode. Wish it was longer, of course, a thirty minute episode uh, as our third episode. Um, feels like a live action episode of Clone Wars because they were always thirty minutes, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but good fun, good stuff. How about yourself, John? What's your final thoughts on Ahsoka episode three? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, a bit like self, uh, you know, it is that small or short amuse bouche. Like I, I did feel the shortness in this, um, yeah. but I still really, really enjoyed it. I give mm-hmm. it four and a half purring purgle out of five. Nice. Um, yeah, I think just having jason on screen i love it i love that they're referencing all this stuff from rebels it is literally my favorite star wars animation so mm-hmm. uh, having jason really good i'm glad you kind of explained with the jason solo thing because mm-hmm. that had been wiped from my memory dare i say it <laughs> um and i just think really good to see him i love just as well, that family aspect of Rebels, so him calling Sabine Aunt Sabine, uh, was, was great. That's so cute. Uh, I love just how Sabine and Ahsoka's dynamic is really be- that they're both these unorthodox people and potential Jedis and yeah. just the different pathways that they have taken, like Balin Skull as well. Actually, there's not enough Balin Skull in this episode. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed Ray Stevenson mm-hmm. uh, in the first two episodes, uh, but we'll you know definitely get to see more of him. Uh, I'm sure. So I, I love that relationship. I love how it played out with the training and with the dogfight, both of which was just really, really good. Still question the lasers on those <laughs> dumb fighters. Um, it hardly the seemed pew, worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like, Versus I, pew, pew, pew. Like, I had a laser. <laughs> I can't be bothered to do this. Um, it was just like, uh, you know, okay. But I, it didn't detract from anything. Mm. You know, it, it was really, really good. And um, yeah, so four and a half purring purgle out of five for me. Fantastic. Blue milk, anyone? Ooh, mm, definitely. With a bit of vodka in it or Romulan. Oh, no. Wrong universe. Uh, yeah, just vodka, I guess, okay. in the blue milk. <laughs> yes, it is, fellow rebels and fellow quizzers. Time to go to our cantina pub quiz for this season of Ahsoka. So remember that you will be uh, in with a chance to get your hands on some Star Wars Ahsoka goodies if you come out on top of our Cantina quiz Mm -hmm. for this season. We are on episode three, so of course that means, uh, apprentices, that we are on to question three. What Jedi technique does Huyang believe Sabine Wren is not ready for? Ooh, very good. 
Very I was good. not the mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drinking at Oh my goodness, water. look at you giving clues away, Chris. I know. <laughs> good stuff. Do you want to give the question one more time, John? I certainly will. It is, what Jedi technique does Huyang believe Sabine Wren is not ready for? Excellent. That's the third question of eight. Uh, pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com if you miss out on any questions. But at the end of the season, send us in the correct answers to all eight questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in with a chance of getting your hands on some Star Wars Ahsoka goodies. Excellent. Let us get into our feedback for this episode. And I am definitely using this as our sounder for our feedback every episode. There you go. Chopper's going to introduce our, our feedback for us every episode. Excellent stuff. Yes, so first up, we got an email in from Coffee and Vodka. Greetings, fellow blind baton battling defenders. Very much a six-minute scene extended into 35 minutes this episode. Nonetheless, it gave us a bit of Sabine's potential, Yang's dry wit, some literally whale-sized foreshadowing, a ton of action, and a bit more of Ray Stevenson's final performance. Not a lot to say, other than that I look forward to what this introduction has set up. A quick question, though. Do you think our masked flyer is Ezra, or is it just a space herring? (laughs) Depending on the follow-up episode, a preliminary for Huyang Harangings, tea-spilling chopper chats, and stormtrooper-trained spaceship gunners out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. <laughs> everyone really did not like these gunners. Like, it's not just us. And everyone is like, oh yeah, tea-spilling choppers. Like, he just, he gets out of, you like, like top secret things and he's he's on trump level kind of just selling the secrets uh, <laughs> oh he doesn't even sell them he just gives them away and yeah, gets grumpy exactly. if you ask him he's why he told him. yeah exactly <laughs> you can him. imagine he's got on some kind of planet in the galaxy he's got a massive vault with a ton of credits <laughs> <laughs> um Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. For me, I actually completely blanked this was Ray Stevenson's final performance. I know it was. Once you yeah. said it again, I was like, oh, God, yeah. Like, I forgot that the, this was such a big thing um, before. Uh, yeah, that's that. That's a bit sad. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of your question, we did address it already. I don't think it's Ezra. We don't no. think it's Ezra. It, I think it's a space herring. But I think they'll. it will be someone, I don't want to say important. Well, I think it will be someone that you'll be like, oh, that's going to be cool because I don't think they'll demask him and then detach him kind of from thing. Like this person will probably go on yeah. because it will be so- you, you always need some bad guys. Absolutely. So. It's definitely going to be Ezra, though, isn't it? And we might have to bring in our, our sounder from, uh, from Good Omens then, John. I think we might um, have to, yes. You were right. You were right. I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> so we might have to do that. <laughs> we might have to introduce that for a lot of for our a lot of this series. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> good stuff. Thanks, Coffee Vodka. Over on Facebook, Alex Baelish says this episode was good, but it did feel like a good table setting episode. Can we stop with the thirty minutes episodes though? Dave has done this before. There were some great moments, of course. They are making a great effort to turn up the excitement, and that dogfight was crazy. Ahsoka gets getting out of the ship and seeing the Purgle moments were so cool. I did love Sabine's training. It's such a throwback yet timeless moment. As someone who practices martial 
martial arts, it's amazing to see this in live action. Excellent stuff, Alex. Uh, yes, I've always kind of wanted to do uh, martial arts mm. uh, in some some form or another, but uh, I just don't have the lower back for it, I guess, anymore. <laughs> and you've been spending too much time in the marital arts. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Personally, for me, it's like just because I have my own gravitational field and you throw an orange <laughs> and it just kind of circles me like a death star moon. Um, so it's just That's like, no uh, moon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, thanks, Alex. And yeah, I think we've already discussed how much I absolutely loved Sabrina's training. And I think there were all of us did is the callbacks. Next up, we did get some feedback from the one and only Dr. Bob Phillips, who had this to say. If you've got a high tech fighter planes and a trio of aces, you should put them in a dogfight. And they did this spectacularly with one on three, not a Jedi versus NPC crafts space dance added into the mix. Terrific whales, though I did expect a stray green laser bolt to catch a tendril and make Morok the baddie assassin droid into an empirical Jonah at one point. <laughs> what made her rang shut down? How does one turbo a laser? Does everyone in the New Republic just have a wardrobe with the same clothes to produce decisional regret in the morning? Fantastic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to simplify our wardrobes, to be exactly. honest. Exactly. So what they don't tell you in a galaxy far, far away, Mark Zuckerberg was the one who actually picked out the the actual choices, and it was just black t-shirts and pants, and it's just evolved slightly yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, um, it does explain some of the kind of, explains the droids, essentially, as well. Well, that's it. And the simplicity of their sort of strepsal high command in, <laughs> in the army yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Remember, we are also in post-war uh, New Republic yes. era. So I, I, I'd say they're, um, they'll eventually get back on the, the fashion pathway. Yeah, I guess they've <laughs> got... They don't have a replicator yet. Yeah. Like, that's got, the thing. They've got the rag and bone men, the space rag and bone men collecting all the stuff and sort of... They're recycling, reusing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Excellent stuff. I, I do love the call out of how does one turbo a laser, though, because well, uh, I've definitely heard of turbo lasers many times and never questioned the separation sure. of those two words. <laughs> and I, I'm also suspecting as well with the green laser bolt, I was mm. thinking exactly the same thing as they were battling between the Purgle and after seeing what it didn't do mm-hmm. uh, every time they hit Ahsoka's ship, i guessing the Purgle kind of it just scratch that itch for them exactly uh, to be honest exactly there is one question in here that i think is a legitimate question how did uh huang shut down and it was because he was connected into the ship to do his readings and when the ship got hit uh and taken he out overloaded. he yes. it. so uh just quite funny the connection between that and in last week's episode when he was telling sabine not to over overload the head of the droid and she pushed it too far this time he's the one that pushes it too far and gets overloaded and shuts down yeah. Ah, I didn't connect those. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well done. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Uh, we also had Richard Blaze, who says, The Force was strong with this episode. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Lots of A New Hope vibes throughout, but repetition is flattering when it's done this good. Ahsoka's fight in space felt very much like something direct from the Clone Wars, and it was great to see. Nice as well to see the new senators making the exact same mistake as all previous senators that have gone before them, burying their heads in the sand when warned of immediate danger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Three episodes in, and this is already the makings of a classic Star Wars story. Roll on next week. Great stuff, uh, Richard. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, definitely. Politicians, a eh? Always looking out for themselves, I Absolutely. Guess. Absolutely. Thanks, Richard. Joe Herbert says, I've only watched some animated shows, so maybe that affects my experience, but the show is kind of slow. Didn't feel like much happened this episode. I'm still interested, but hope it picks up since there are only eight episodes. Ahsoka taking out a fighter during a spacewalk seemed silly. Why would a fighter ever get that close to a ship drifting in space, especially if you know there's a Jedi on the outside? Just slow, stop, and blast it. Stuff like this is definitely feels more like belongs in an animated show. Thanks for your thoughts, Joe. At least you're better than Chris. He thought there were only six episodes uh, this yeah, time exactly. around and thought there was a really slow episode. So at least we have eight episodes. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I uh, do need a little bit of a table setting episode to get all of our people in the right in the right spot. But uh, yeah, I hope it does pick up uh, from next week for you. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's interesting, I think, uh, you know, given Dave Filoni has come from animation and this is his first live action, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing there's a, a, you know, stuff in here that may be... He's thinking about from that perspective and as in terms of it translating, mm-hmm. I, I guess at the moment I've personally have enjoyed it or it's, you know, <laughs> something different. Like, in fact, just that idea of them doing spacewalking, it, it's not a big thing so much in mm-hmm. Star Wars, but you do see it. I mean, with in, you do see it in Empire Strikes Back on with the meteorites. Yes. Uh, you have the whole battle on one of the Star Destroyers, mm-hmm. uh, sort of port side in, in the Rise of Skywalker. So, you know, I, I guess that also didn't really seem too far fetched for me. And also because Ahsoka's a Jedi, I Absolutely. guess. So they can do strange and unusual things. <laughs> But thanks, Joe, for uh, the thoughts. Uh, Really good to get them in. Uh, Yeah, definitely hope it picks up for you uh, in the next few episodes. Yeah, thanks, Joe. We next got some feedback from the one and only Victor Von Doom. Yes, Victor, we need to get you a more Star Wars-y Von Doom kind of thing. So maybe we'll both think of that like a Sith version of Von Doom. Um, <gasps> a Victor Jedi this... version of Von Doom? <laughs> no, Von Doom is oh, a bad course, guy, so it has to be Sith. <laughs> Only from some perspectives, Chris. Yes. Darth Darth Victor. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, from Darth Victor, we have this feedback. Greetings, New Republicans. Opening scene was a nice callback to Obi-Wan training Luke on the Millennium Falcon in New Hope. Mm-hmm. New Republic politics don't seem much different to the old Republic. <laughs> Mom Mothra could have used Admiral Akbar to help convince the Senate committee to investigate the Denab system, but he'd probably just say it was a trap. Mm-hmm. That's from Chris. <laughs> Hayang is brutally honest. He did not have to put down Sabine. The younger Sabine might have given him the Greedo treatment. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I was happy to see some good old-fashioned space dogfights. The spacecraft design is reminiscent of World War II fighters. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka's environmental suit combat was downright scary. Jedi or not, she is indeed powerful. Still waiting for Sabine to start tossing bombs and grenades. The Force will be with you always. Victor Von Doom. Sorry, sorry. Darth Victor. 
that might stick. We'll have to let uh, Victor we'll see. choose we'll see whether, he whether he wants that or not. Yes. <laughs> Good yes. stuff, Victor. Uh, yeah, um, it, it is really interesting to see that battle outside the ship from from Ahsoka. We kind of mentioned it earlier on. It does feel much more like a character from uh, Clone Wars and uh, something that we probably wouldn't have seen. I like that they've justified yeah. it by her being out in space as well. Absolutely. Cool. But yeah, she's got some power on her. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Victor. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Russell Hooper says, when is Hera going to say, screw Republic High Command, go grab (laughs) the ghost. If we don't see that ship done properly in live action, the show is a failure. Go collect Zeb, Rex, Chopper, and Jason, and go join the fight. Also, we long-suffering Star Wars fans deserve much more than brief 30 minutes episodes. 45 minutes minimum episodes this short don't move the story forward, especially in an eight-episode season. They've got to go back to the American-style 24-episode seasons. If Paramount could do it in the 80s and 90s with worse filmmaking technology than when they started Star Trek, multi-billion dollar Disney can do it with Star Wars. I'm afraid next week we'll just be Balin's goons hunting Ahsoka and Sabine only to be slaughtered in the end. Sabine will show she learned something, maybe revert to her old days of fighting by using explosives or something. Sadly, this episode only gets three silly Jedi space flips out of five. Not a bad episode, just average at best. Thanks, Russell. Do you know the one thing I definitely want in this show that Russell's just put back in my mind again? What? Where's live-action Zeb? We've yes. seen him in the Mandalorian. Yeah. He's definitely still active. He definitely survived through all the battles with the Empire. He uh, he is off fighting on the right side at the moment. So we're going to see Zeb, aren't we? We you must. No, 100% because we've seen him with the Rebel, with the, the New Republic. Exactly. He's going to bring in his friends from the New Republic, that mm-hmm. fighter group. Yeah. like, And that him and Hera will come in as kind of the cavalry with ghost mm. to kind of whenever they, they have to, they come back out of the, the, the transport and they end up back on this side of the galaxy. Yeah. They'll be there to support where there'll be a massive death. Uh, yeah. Star destroyer. Excellent. Sorry. I, I know I'm writing parts of that, but yeah. I'm assuming that's going to happen because we have to see him. <laughs> yeah. He's the, yes. the last of the rebels. Exactly. It'll be interesting, won't it? Because just going back to the theory that Maroc could be Ezra and that discussion mm-hmm. that we said, you know, maybe it's almost like an inverse, you know, the, the four, five and six where it's like Ezra is dark and they have to bring him back to the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Who knows? But I don't know. It's just something with the discussion there. It's just like, oh, maybe you could just flip it around, do that. But, um, exactly. and I, I certainly, yeah, I look forward to Hera, uh, sort of basically giving the two fingers mm-hmm. to the New Republic High Command. I wonder if Chopper would have something to do with that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. But, you know, I, I know. You've seen you've seen the animated series, Russell. Um, they do have to kind of set that up for other people as well. They do have to have that challenge built in for Hera, uh, don't they? That she is not getting what she wants. So yeah. screw you guys. I'm taking the ghost, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully, I'd say you're probably right. We're we're probably going to see her. I think so. Uh, take take a sabbatical to go and fight the fight that she needs to fight. Yeah. Definitely. Fight the good fight. Exactly. Thanks so much to everybody for your feedback. Keep, keep sending it in. Uh, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. There's a spoiler post up there for each episode of Ahsoka as it comes out and you can leave your thoughts on there.
And if you liked what you've heard in this episode or the previous two, don't forget you can head on over to patreon.com slash Industries, where you too can be like Chopper and go wah, 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 and support us <laughs> for any ongoing monthly amount. Yes, you can. Just by throwing us a few galactic credits each month, you help keep the lights and mics going. If you ain't got any monthly amounts, don't worry. It's all good. You can also go on a one-off donation by heading out to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, and that help keeps Derek in caffeine, or blue milk, depending on the night, mm-hmm. or green milk, depending on the day. <laughs> or red wine. He can, or <laughs> red, red wine. Uh, he also then just keeps us kind of podcasting away, because he is our editor supreme and mm. producer supreme. Ain't got any galactic credits, or... Ongoing blue milk credits, no problem. You can support us by subscribing at tvpodcastindustry.com and sharing the podcast because, like Chapri, we want you to spill the tea with everyone you know <laughs> and tell them about this podcast because sharing the podcast is what, gentlemen? Sharing, sharing the love. love. Of course. Exactly. Of course. As our podcaster in chief, Derek, mm-hmm. I think we'll need to get you a five strepsil badge uh, to wear. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely wear that yeah. if I got one. Uh, that uh, yeah, there's lots of editing going on at the moment. We've just got covered six episodes of Good Omens from Prime Video. Uh, I really enjoyed that show. Just finished yeah. and released that as we're recording Ahsoka today. And then we move on to The Wheel of Time Season 2. The Wheel Weaves or The Wheel Wills uh, is coming out on Prime Video this yes. weekend. Three episodes they're releasing. Why do we think does this have to have has to happen I know, in why, the week where we're doing so much? Why do they have to concertina it Just all together? Yeah. But if yeah. you are a fellow wheelie as well mm-hmm. in disguise uh, as a fellow rebel or vice versa, mm-hmm. um, then of course uh, pop on over to our coverage of the Wheel of Time yes. season two. Yeah, looking yes, forward make to make sure to you find out everything that's happening to Mr. Althor, the dragon reborn. Mm. Yes. He's accepted his fate. It's going to get so good. The great oh, hunt is upon us. Ladies and gentlemen, you may understand that I really love this book and series. Excellent. Moving forward, though. Yes. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And then we're moving on to even more shows as the year goes on. We're, we're going to be crossing over with, uh, with Gen V, uh, the boys' yep. uh, spin-off show, yep. which is coming out, I think, while... The Wheel of Time and Ahsoka are still running. Yep. So, uh, so we've got lots, lots and lots of stuff uh, to talk about on TV Podcast Industries. So make sure you subscribe to the main feed for TV Podcast Industries. We do have a feed for each of the other shows that we're covering. You can go find the Star Wars feed with all the Bad Batch, Ahsoka on it, and you can go find the Wheel of Time podcast with Wheel of Time on it, and you can go find the Good, Good Omens podcast with all of Good Omens on it. Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, uh, fellow rebels, for joining us mm-hmm. for episode three, or should I say part three, of Star Wars Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. We will, of course, be back with part four next week. But in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and may the force be with you. Bye. Bye. This is TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star... How is it? Why is it not written like that, then? Because I never never write the full intro. Uh, Wait till you get the synopsis that you haven't even read yet. I know.
This is the Star Wars Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars, the show... I can't say her name. Ah, Ahsoka. I know, it's because you tell me about the H, I'm now all confused. <laughs> this is the Star Wars... <laughs> and rounding out the trio, come on, there, there is both Lark... There is both light, dark, and the grey. Uh, should we move Love on? It. I think to that's it for the uh, the hair and the. Uh, you're, you seem to be slowed. Desigged from us, Chris. Are you okay on on the internet? Are you okay? I reset it, but is that better? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was thirty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was more. Can you, can my clap? That is, that is the most delayed clap. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Chris. Uh, do, do you, <laughs> Can you do hear it? me now? Yeah, yeah. Do you do you do? yeah. No, it just yeah. it just started to lag for a second. Now you're fully back, so it's all good. Okay, we'll do we'll do one, shall we? That's sure, why not. Three, two, one. Right. Yeah. You take that. <laughs> Depending on the follow-up episode, a preliminary. Four Huyang haranguing. You were so close. You were right. Depending on the fellow, fellow, the fellowship. <laughs> Depending on the fellowship of the ring, <laughs> and a preliminary uh, data analysis by Captain by Engineer Scotty. <laughs> Jesus. Depending on the follow-up question, a preliminary for Huyang haranguing. You said question for some reason. I guess it's last day of August fireworks. Yay! Oh, yeah, that makes <laughs> Remember, remember. <laughs> the last August day of 31st. August. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember your summer holidays, kids. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Off to school. school. <laughs> <laughs> Fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bye. 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 Bye.